Hi, everybody. I'm Robert Allen. I'm Dave Feldman. And, you know, together we are the Pickleball Brief newsletter, digital newsletter and platform. Dave, you want to just quickly, 30-second pitch, value prop, like what we are and what we do? For sure. Pickleball Brief is a digital newsletter specifically focused for business businesses in the pickleball industry and industry professionals. So it's not meant to be a, it's not meant to be a improve your game pickleball or, you know, the latest little gadget pickleball paddle you can buy. It's meant to help business owners and industry professionals gain a competitive advantage in the industry with insightful data, information, access, networking, just different, any sort of value that we can bring to businesses in the pickleball industry to help them grow and take advantage of this exploding opportunity in sport, that's where we are positioned and that's who we can help. I like that word exploding because that's kind of what's happening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the pickleball industry. In, in a good and bad way. <laughs> yeah. The pickleball industry is <laughs> in a good and bad way. Yes. It's, it's exploding. It's a complete tsunami coming our way. And what that means is a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners are going to take advantage of it for pickleball people that are building facilities. Honestly, I've been talking to a lot of franchisee owners, a lot of independent club people that are running independent clubs and it's a land grab right now. People are out there. It's like wild west. People are trying to put stake their claim. And at the same time that leads to chaos which is what we're seeing, you know, we're, I'm sure we're going to dive into this, but you know, you're seeing this at the professional level in the industry. We're trying to figure out who's going to lead the way and like what kind of leaders can like rise to the top because there is definitely chaos for sure in the industry, but from a business perspective, there's so much opportunity, but the question that or the way that we're helping is, you know, how do you take advantage of that opportunity? How do you, how do you get the ball rolling without making too many mistakes up front and losing your first mover advantage? Like these, these sort of questions, like having a resource in your back pocket that you can use to make more intelligent decisions, to understand where you're going, why you're going, what you're doing, best practices, how other people that have gone are slightly ahead of you are doing it. If you have that in your back pocket, I mean, how valuable is that? That's invaluable, invaluable. To your point, the thing that's interesting is like every time a new opportunity or industry pops up, you know, everybody, you know, jumps on the bandwagon and they start moving 5,000 miles an hour. You know, we're doing it to a certain degree by, by starting this project. But that being said, the facts are that there's really nothing new under the sun. There's, there really are no new ideas. There are what I mean by that is there are recombination of existing ideas that have worked or could be applicable. A lot of really good new innovations come from other industries and other models that have already succeeded and maybe are applied a little bit differently. Maybe somebody comes from another industry and tries it in this framework and then it ends up having, you know, a, a solid impact and then it, that becomes the thing. So right now, just observing the landscape, you know, you and I looked at this and said, Hey, you know, it's a young, it, you know, there's, it's the thing about pickleball is that there's the whole spectrum, right? You have the entire demographic from the young individuals, even like youth leagues and stuff like that, that are really starting to pop up now all the yeah. way to 
you know, the senior pros and just, you know, advanced age individuals that are, that are enjoying the sport. Seniors. So, yeah, so it's a full spectrum and every one of them has their own way of interfacing with it. And, and, and all of them have a common experience, which is that the sport is highly addictive, super fun and very unifying and very social, which is, makes it very sticky. So, you know, all those things are happening. And then each group is kind of thinking, you know, I noticed that like a lot of the younger entrepreneurs that are coming on the scene, you know, they're, they're learning a lot about business right now by being, you know, young entrepreneurs in the business. So, and they're having like exoteric conversations about, about what it means to be in business in the pickleball world, you know, and, and what they understand about it so far. So I'm hoping that we can take our expertise and marry that with some of the outside expertise that we're partnering with. And, yeah. uh, and then obviously our enthusiasm for the sport ourselves and our, the way we, I play it addictively and I know you play too and yeah in our direct experience with that and kind of marrying it all together in a in a really good stew of information that is sustaining and hearty and savory I'm hungry it's lunchtime so here we go (laughs) yeah I want it to be to your point like this stew of value you know for everybody that's reading our publication as we're in the industry and we're thinking through, we're talking to a lot of people, we're seeing issues that people are facing and we're going to actually get a lot of feedback from our readers as well. Like, excuse me, what do you want to see? Like, what are you, what are you experiencing? What problems are you, are you facing? And we're going to be, we're going to be solving problems for people in that way and giving them information. And my goal, our goal is to just have it, pop every time you open that newsletter every time you see pickleball brief in your inbox you're gonna know that there's some high value actionable content embedded in that email that is it's gonna help you i mean i I have a few businesses or things people that i follow things that i do that i know you know, I know every time I get something from them, that's going to be solid stuff. I know every time I get a product, it's going to be a solid product I can trust. Every time I, you know, every time they post, it's not just, you know, they're not just posting to just post and put, you know, because someone told them they have to post 10 times a week. They're posting because this is valuable content that you need to know. And I feel like that's the kind of newsletter that we're creating here. And platform, it's gonna have it's gonna have supplier links, product links, software, apps, technology, consultants, services. You know, we're gonna be connecting people. We're not we're not trying to just be we're not trying to just be university professors that tell you how to do it. We're trying to be appliers of the craft to show you, you know, how how do you do it. Well, this is how somebody else is doing it. It's working really well. Or how, where do I find a supplier? Well, here's a list of 10 suppliers that are vetted and are supplying other companies very well. I, I see that as the future of Pickleball Breed. Yeah. The, the one thing, the design aesthetic, which uh, we'll talk about in a minute too, but you know, the whole idea of, of quality over quantity is what we're 
really going for it, like to what you were describing you know we want to reduce friction in terms of like your willingness and ability to engage with our content meaning that like you know when you get it and read it it you come away from it with this um sense of satisfaction and something that's actionable that you can take and apply in your business or think about, you know, your business, maybe through a different filter or lens. So that will help you succeed. We're about helping pickleball succeed and avoid ending up in the ditch on the side of the road. Speaking of that, I know this is highly controversial and I want to shift gears a little bit right now, but yeah. this is an exact classic example of kind of like my observations, this is my personal opinion on, you know, on what has been unfolding over the last few weeks with the whole PPA MLP thing. There's a lot of really mm -hmm. good player podcasts and videos out there about, you know, what they're experiencing and going through. And, you know, in the, in the land grab that you were talking about, you know, there's a lot of players that have come up real quick and obviously you know, fortifying resources makes sense, you know, from a, a league standpoint and, you know, exploring partnerships and, you know, mergers or acquisitions, you know, that's all part of being in business. Now, that being said, having, I have a background in m and I've, I've done lower middle market transactions for about the last decade. Dave used to do stuff and he was a financial analyst for Goldman Sachs. So he, I don't know if you're okay with me saying that, but anyways, he has a, a really good analytical mind. He can crunch numbers and do analysis really well. That being said, you look at like scenarios, like what's happened with the merger attempt and then, you know, the fall apart and then the talent acquisition escalation war in terms of like what they were attempting to pay these players. And then, the falling apart of that, of that whole situation. And then now asking the players to, you know, take haircuts and, you know, pretty steep percentage haircuts on the original offers. And then, and then now they're talking about, you know, there's a lot of things that are occurring in these conversations as this all comes on un, unwound. And what you're seeing is you're seeing, in my opinion, just some of the worst examples of leadership and kind of like an old dying model in terms of how you steer through things like this. And you're just quite honestly, you're seeing a lot of greed and yeah. a lack of accountability, a lack of, you know, owning the mistakes and uh, the poor decision-making, and then just kind of trying to smooth it all over. And then on the other side, on the player side, my observation is that like, you know, you know, so by the way, again, nothing new under the sun. There's many sports leagues out there, and a lot of them are, you know, more mature and are good examples of what to do and what not to do. They've had the same history on a semi, you know, comparable development track. So you can look at like what happened in pro tennis. You can look at what happened in pro racquetball. You could look at what happened in pro football, baseball, hockey. You can look at all of these models, and you can start to mm -hmm. identify components and you know how they had growth and and then conflict and re reformation etc and so you know if you're a leader leading something new you don't have to you're you don't have to be uh, relegated to the past you don't have to repeat the, the same mistakes everybody talks about history repeating this because of poor leadership actually yeah 
do you, you want to say something about that? Like, I'm just giving you my, my diatribe on it. I, th I think that, you know, where were the agents for the players? <clears throat> talked to a few agencies that represent players and they've lost some of their clients now over this. And, but where were the agents? Like, what, what were they in such a hurry to get a deal done? Like, I, I don't understand where it fell apart. It's not, we weren't there. I don't know. All I can just tell you is I'm looking at the, 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 I, for this part, this is going to be a blemish on the sport for about a year or two. But Dave, do you want to talk about what your observations are? Yeah, no, I feel like, I, I feel like I'm seeing the same things that you're seeing. And I feel like to your point, like if we don't learn history, we're, we're doomed to repeat it. Right. That's kind of the, the thing that we're seeing with pickleball and these two, it's like, um, I, I see it as like whatever I'm, I'm kind of a football fan too. So I, I think back to like when the, the national football league and the American, American football league or whatever it was, we're trying to like jockey for, for positioning and to see like who was going to be, who was going to be the league. And I feel like to you, what you're saying, like there's, there's a lot of lessons learned. These people are not, they're not learn, like, they're not learning from what happened in the past and they're just making mistakes. I think the players are suffering. They're, they're being the ones kind of forced to like, beyond the cold or well i don't know I, I mean as far as like they're the ones being forced to take the pay cuts because of other uh um, executive teams yeah Bad executive leadership. teams trying there's to a, there's a quote from edwards deming which is awesome if you don't know who edwards demings is you should look him up he fascinating story i don't want to get off on a rabbit trail but you should look him up one of his quotes is bad mm -hmm. system will break a good person every time you know and that's yeah. kind of like what's happening here is like, you know, you have these players that really were excited to play. They're super talented. And a lot of them, most of the interviews I've seen with them, they all admit that they were surprised by the high value of the offers that they didn't expect to be paid that much. So yeah. why did you do that? Like, why did you create this false inflated number in somebody's head and then and then cut it back and yank it away from them and create a negative connotation to to your organization you know yeah. it's just poor well, it's poor it... management poor leadership it's greed it's it's actually irritating to see happen but you know and the kids i say kids because you know you and i are a little bit i'm i'm older than you but you know these, these young guys coming up and gals coming up they don't know. This is their first time, you know, getting into a sport like this yeah. and then being identified as potentially being talented and having an option to become, you know, professional player at a higher level. Yeah. My, my question is, my question is, is MLP and, and PPA, are they, did they both, did they both lose so much credibility that a third party can kind of step up within the rubble and maybe step forward and be a better organization to lead the way what are your thoughts on that yeah absolutely i mean you're hearing a lot about you know the app now being more steady and stable and consistent and maybe not as glam but more more of a solid resource for the future so you, it'll be interesting to see how many people actually it's like you know some people like drama too so that's the other side of it like you know <laughs> you're seeing people that just you know yeah date the crazy partner and then they have the really nice 
you know, person over here that could love them and be their partner, but they keep choosing the crazy person. So that could, some of that yeah. could be happening too. But I don't know, but, but the other thing I noticed too, which I just want to point out one last thing on this, and then we got to move on to another topic is okay. young kids, you know, rushed to creating a collective as a response to this, which, you know, there's players associations and all that stuff. Again, you have to be thoughtful <laughs> about how you go about creating those entities and those organizations, because every time you quote unquote unionize, there are people that rise to the top or, or allowed to rise to the top that don't have everybody's best interest in mind. So you have to be, you know, you can create a whole other 10 headed beast where you're fighting with yourself yeah. uh, as opposed to having, you know, square negotiations with the entities that you intend to be best represented around. So you have to really trust who your leadership is. I'm sure that's happening. I, I don't know who's been put to the top of these groups yet, but it's another thing to watch because that's a pattern from the past that repeats over and over again. Yeah. You know, you got to be careful that you're not you're not trading one set of problems in for another. And yeah, if, you're, if, you're, with if, you to be, if you happen to be somebody in the industry who's you know working around players or pros that are you know aspiring to do this. You know, one thing to do is to really look out there for, you know, agent representation and then understand, uh, what was that movie, that that football movie, uh, Jerry Maguire, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, like that. Like, that's a great example. Like, you just watch that movie. I mean, find somebody who actually cares about the player and will represent their interests and take a different approach to the negotiation and the negotiating and, and, and what they're trying to accomplish on behalf of the player. That, that would be solid advice. So if you haven't ever seen that movie, go see it. Jeremy Blair, great movie. All right, hey, uh, real quick, yeah. I want to touch on the hat I'm wearing. I'm trying to remember. Um, I don't want to click away, but there's a, a sharp group that creates these pickleball apparel. I'll put the up. We'll put them in the show notes. I wish I, sh I should have had that before we got into it. But anyways, this is a cool hat. It's uh, obviously a pickleball court, but it says. Uh, build more courts, right? And I'm wearing this yeah. because it's kind of interesting. Uh, when we first got into this and how I decided to, you know, really pursue pickleball brief, where I'm living, you know, we're running into the same issue that a lot of, you know, smaller markets are running into. A lot of players, we're blessed where I'm at because we have really good parks and recreation department that's building out, you know, slowly, but building out facilities and making space available where we run into issues is you know availability based on seasons you know we have weather and stuff here too so then mm -hmm. you know i was brought into the conversation because of my background around what would it take to build or you know find funding to build a private club here and so that's how i got hooked into it and so as i started meeting more and more players and more and more people cast of characters, you know, the people that were running clinics and the people that were running the parks and rec and the investors and some of the operators here in town. I started to ask myself a question more like, you know, is this a space issue or is this a logistics issue? Meaning do we not have enough courts or do we have enough courts and they're just not being managed well enough? And, uh, I, you know, I came to initially, I thought it was a logistics issue having gone through this now with winter, you know, and different temperatures, I think it's also a space issue in terms of like what's possible in the, you know, through the winter months into early spring. 
so I think it's a combination of things, but technology and a lot of the apps that are coming out and a lot of the, the data that's available now, I'm kind of leading into teasing out that the piece in the collaboration that we're doing right now on that first piece without disclosing who we're partnering with or what the exact scope of it's going to be. Do you want to, we're, we, this got us so interested that we actually are, we're writing a, a really in-depth article on this. Dave, you want to talk about some of what we're considering for that piece and what we're going to be able to actually describe for people? Yeah. It's an upcoming article <clears throat> that's going to be extremely valuable to a lot of people. We're going to be pulling data that's, never been pulled before people just don't have access to this data because of the partnership that we have we're going to be able to pull it and get it out to the public we're going to start we're going to start looking at radius data for pickleball courts public pickleball courts independent pickleball facilities and franchise facilities franchise pickleball clubs and we're going to start identifying a lot of information around the radius and the reach of each of these pickleball facilities, locations, whatever you want to call it. So, you know, if you look at a, if you look at a, a franchise, let's just say Ace, Ace is maybe one of the bigger ones. If you look at an Ace franchise in Georgia, if you look at an Ace franchise in Florida, Texas, California, wherever they might be, what's, what's the radius? What's the pull that each of these facilities have? Are they pulling people from 20 miles? pulling people from 30 miles, pulling people from 100 miles. This sort of information can be extremely valuable for, first of all, anybody that's in, in the space looking to understand like who they should be marketing to, like what their reach is for their pickleball club, what people, who's willing to travel to their pickleball club. I mean, if you're a business owner, you could make it, and you have data like that, you can make a decision, for example, hey, I live in Idaho Falls, Idaho. Blackfoot is 30 minutes away. If I advertise in Blackfoot, am I going to am I going to be able to pull a bunch of people or is that just a complete waste of my money? And, and we're going to do comparisons you know, too. So we'll also be looking at other factors like private clubs versus franchise clubs versus public facilities. So like so, so like you were describing exactly like Blackfoot that's sucking off, you know, X amount of players every year. <laughs> you probably want to know that. Exactly. You know, and and you you can start doing analysis if you're if you're looking to build a club. Like, for example, I don't know what I mean, we're still kind of down in the in the the guts of creating this article, but so I'm not sure exactly what what insights are gonna come out of it, but one of them that I envision coming out of it is comparing, like you said, compare franchise versus independent. Is on average a franchise, you know, radius 10 miles bigger than an independent just because of the brand name, the name recognition, you know, we could kind of theorize on what's driving that, but like, is it bigger or is it the same? Is it smaller? Like nobody knows the answer to that until we're going to answer it for everybody. So you know, this is the kind of information that we're going to start pulling and it, it's going to be fascinating for people. I mean, it's fascinating for me to, to create it. So I was going to tease the, uh, the new website design. Maybe we'll do that in a separate, a separate video. That being said, okay. 
We have a site up right now, pickleballbrief.com, and you can go there and get on our email list and you'll get the update when we launch the formal, formal version of it, which is coming yeah. real quick. Uh, we've been working diligently in the background and uh, it looks real good. It's simple, like we talked about. You want to make sure that everything's accessible and clear. And again, everything's about reducing friction and, and maximizing utility. And Dave's done a great job in, in driving that sort of look and feel and experience. Of course, he's a master yeah. level communicator, which I love. You know, we did stuff together for years in copywriting. You know, that's how we met each other. It was like, you know, I'm an old uh, sales guy and, uh, and I admit that and love it. And, you know, I think it's, you know, if you're, if you're uh, in business, you better know how to sell. And even if you think you don't know, you don't need to know how to sell, you're selling everything you do. If you're breathing, you're selling. So, but David is one of those guys that can take information, metabolize it, and then communicate it in the best way possible. Literally like some of the best stuff I've ever read. So yeah, so and that's, we'll do a separate, we'll do a separate thing on that. Uh, you want to talk about that? Well, I was just going to say really quickly and we can dive into it more later, but that is one of the underlying premises of pickleball breathe is simplicity, straightforward, you know, just pure content that is not fluff. It's not bubble gum. It's not, in fact, the writing style that I, the writing, the writing style that I have and the writing voice that we're bringing to the publication and it's going to be me, but it's also a stable of other, you know, very talented contributors and writers as well that are going to be providing information, but it's all going to go through the filter of like, what, what can we cut out? Because we know the business owners are very, very busy people. They just need, they need the information. We don't need to be fancy about it. We don't need to be, you know, tooting our own horn and trying to write a Shakespearean novel here. Like we need information conveyed in a very simple, straightforward way. And that's how the publication is going to come across. It's going to come across as very pure, concise, and to the point. Yeah. Thought, so, thought leadership, thought leadership from the field, direct experience. Exactly. Direct experience and not, um, not philosophy. No, no. Yeah. No philosophy. No, just matter of fact, you know, information and data and a little bit of insight, a little bit of thinking, you know, we'll, we'll present the data and say, okay, this is what, this is what it's telling you. So they, you know, we'll be the link between the data and you taking action will say, this is the data. This is what you need to know that what that data is telling you. And then this is what you should do with that data and or information, whether it's data, qualitative, quantitative, whatever it might be. Here's the information. This is why it's important. This is how you should use it. Go. Okay. And business owners just to cover the format that. real quick. Yeah. Just to cover the format real quick. It is a paid subscription. And we have, uh, you can do it monthly or annually. You can, you can sort that out on the subscription page. But what I'm saying about that is if you are a paid subscriber, you can trial it for seven days and see if you like it, get some examples of the articles, but there's two editions. The first edition is the premium edition every month. And that's where we do these deep dive analysis and, uh, insights and articles specific to, you know, really getting traction inside of your business. This, so that's the first one every month, and that comes at the beginning. The second one, which is free for everybody, is more of like a 
a typical newsletter. It's still going to have a great article and something for you to, you know, to actually take and use. It's going to be a high quality article, but we're also going to have some syndicated stuff there from other sites that we respect and things that we think are interesting or newsworthy or timely based on industry, the industry's evolution. And then we're going to um, highlight some new members that we've added to our database. So we're, we're building a database of suppliers. So you have, you know, products, services, and resources and uh, events and things like that. So all that's going to be cataloged and that'll come in the second edition every month. And that's, if you decide not to be a paid subscriber, you can still get that once a month and you'll probably still love to read that. I know you will. And then you'll be able to get, you know, a, a feeling for that. But I was actually thinking too, that a lot of like our subscriber base, at least the initial interests are mostly founders and CEOs of companies. Now it does, our audience is open to anybody in the trade, anybody in the business. But if you're a pickleball player and you're kind of just enthusiastic about it, or you're around the fringes and you're kind of like curious, we're not for you. I mean, basically we're, we're for the trade only and for industry only personnel people and uh, people that yeah. are doing the business of pickleball. Do you want to, any thoughts on that? No, I, I agree. I mean, one, one thing I'll mention too, because it, it will come up is, you know, when you subscribe, we do have a questionnaire and it's a, uh, it's like, how many questions is it? About 15, 14, 15 questions. Yeah, about 15 questions. We're, we're wanting to know who you are, you know, what your interest is and how you, you know, how you are in the industry, because th this is really not for the general enthusiasts. So we want to make sure that we understand our readership and what their interests are at a very high level so we can continue to provide that value. I would say to Robert, hundred percent trade only industry only. If you are, I guess the one exception would be if, if, if you are very passionate about pickleball and you don't have a business in it, but you're planning to start it, then yeah, we'd be the one for you too, because we are going to start talking a lot about startup startup information that you would want to know if you're starting or if you're expanding your current pickleball business. So. Amen to that. All right. Anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up here? I don't think so. I think, I think we can save it for next time. It, it seems like I will say this every day, you know, you and I, Robert and I are in the trenches, like doing pickleball business every day talking to people talking to movers and shakers in the industry and it's crazy just it's changing and evolving almost on a daily basis so every every episode where we talk something's going to come up it's it's just inevitable that you know there's there's always something happening so that'll be fun indeed all right cool well, we appreciate your uh, eyes and ears and your attention. And if you have questions about anything, reach out to us. You can uh, always get in touch with us at podcast at pickleballbrief.com. That's also our website, pickleballbrief.com. And, you know, we appreciate it, um, you being a part of it. So thank you. We'll talk again soon. Thank you.